Welcome to the Julius Bear Moving Markets podcast on Wednesday, the 17th of January, with me, Bernadette Anderko. Today, Dario Messi will spell out the key fixed income calls in our market outlook for 2024. And our head of equity strategy, Mathieu Rachete, will update us on the latest from the 2023 Q4 earnings season. And as ever, we'll get the highlights of the latest market action today from my colleague, Jan Bopp. First, I'd just like to let you know that today we've published our latest Beyond Markets podcast, which you can find on the usual platforms. The timely topic is our market outlook for 2024, entitled The Start of a New Cycle. Our head of research, Christian Gattaker, and Asia's head of research, Mark Matthews, join me to talk through our expectations and recommendations in the English version. Christian was also joined by our head of equity research, Philip Leonhard, to record the German version hosted by my colleague, Martina Kaut, and that's entitled Neue Zyklus in Sicht, which you can find on the Marktanalyse und Gespräch channel. So now let's kick off the show with the markets news. Good morning, Jan. Good morning, Bernadette. Thank you. Um, it seems to be another rocky road this week with equity markets mostly down. Uh, yesterday was just another day in the red. Can you tell us more about that? Uh, sure, Bernadette. Um, so as you said, equities are really struggling this week and, and yesterday was no different. Uh, the stock 600 lost ground for a second day running down 0.2% and having its worst start to a week in more than three months. And that was echoed across the entire continent uh, with losses for the DAX down 0.3%, uh, the Cacaron down 0.2% and the FTSE 100 down 0.5%. Uh, the Swiss SMI was the only region in Europe that closed in the green yesterday up 0.2%. And in the US markets also slipped uh, with the S&P down 0.4%. Okay, then, so um, obviously, aside from Switzerland, uh, what's the cause for this recent weakness? Well, um, central banks are pushing back on overly optimistic rate cut expectations. So right now, everything is about the timing of rate cuts. Uh, and the market's positioning for aggressive cuts in the US and Europe is being tested by several central bank officials this week and last. Uh, today, again, a number of central bank members are on the speaker list at the World Economic Forum in Davos, and investors will be listening very carefully. So far, uh, there has been a consistent message from various speakers that didn't sound like a Q1 rate cut was in the cards, which is also in line with our research view. Market participants seem to be getting the message the probability of a cut as soon as March has fallen over the last couple of days. How have bond markets reacted? Uh, now, looking at the first few weeks of the year, bond yields were already mostly trending higher. So in, in that respect, the recent pushback from central bankers hasn't changed the big picture. However, the hawkish backdrop meant that bonds struggled also yesterday. Uh, 10-year US treasuries were up 12 basis points after Monday's holiday and are now back above the 4% mark. Uh, and rates in Europe also moved higher yesterday, up roughly 2 to 3 basis points across all regions. Talking about Europe, in the UK, the needles moved a little further in favour of interest rate cuts in the coming months. Yesterday's data showed that UK wage growth cooled at one of the fastest rates on record, uh, giving the Bank of England a little more room for easing. Uh, yeah, exactly, Bernadette. So UK wage growth slowed to 6.5% in the three months through November. That was below expectations and down from 7.2% in the previous three months period. This as you said, was adding to the case for an early interest rate cut. But looking at today's CPI data from the UK, 
the picture doesn't look too rosy with both headline and core inflation coming in uh, higher than expected at 4 and 5.1% year on year, respectively. Let's move on to Asia then and China specifically. Um, Investors are hungry for stimulus news from Beijing and there's been plenty of news lately with um, officials signaling fiscal easing. We had news breaking yesterday that the country's considering a 1 trillion yuan new debt issuance under a so-called special sovereign bond plan. And this comes after the People's Bank of China failed to deliver a hoped for rate cut uh, on Monday. Now, overnight, we've received data on economic activity with retail sales and industrial production showing a mixed picture, which fuels calls for more stimulus. Can you tell us a bit more? Uh, Sure, Bernadette. Uh, So China's economy expanded by 5.2% in 2023, just missing consensus of uh, 5.3%, but in line with China's growth target. Uh, Industrial production was better than expected in December. Uh, but retail sales missed and housing data was also soft. Um, That pulled equity markets down. The CSI 300 index fell by 1%, uh, while Hong Kong's Hang Seng is down more than 3% this morning, uh, having its worst day since October. And you're right, Bernadette, um, there have been plenty of news lately about measures uh, to support the economy, but investors at this point don't think it's enough. Uh, There is a way out. Uh, if Beijing uses money towards consumption, but size and speed matters uh, and stimulus has yet to gain traction in China and uh, spark animal spirits. In this respect, our research colleagues in Asia have recently also pointed out several times that uh, valuation, uh, positioning and sentiment are already very downbeat. Expectations are already low and that a tactical bounce from the currently quite depressed levels Uh, wouldn't be too surprising if we get some positive news out of China, especially in the internet and automotive sector. So let's turn to today. Uh, What should we be expecting? Uh, As you know, it's it's a busy week in terms of macro data, and it will be a busy, busy day today. Uh, The focus will be on economic activity data out of the US uh, with retail sales and industrial production. Retail sales will be of particular interest, not only because it has a direct impact on Q4 GDP forecasts and momentum into Q1, uh, but also because earnings reports uh, by US banks showed a still positive underlying message of healthy credit and consumer. So we'll see if the data point fits into this picture. And then, of course, uh, the earnings season is, is gathering pace with European companies having joined the busy season this week. Earnings have been revised down significantly in in recent months. So the bar to beat seems pretty low, uh, but I'll leave that to Mathieu later in the show. And uh, looking at my screens, futures are pointing to another week opening. So let's see what the day brings. And uh, that is all from me this morning, Bernadette. Great, Jan. And thanks for such an interesting update on the markets. Thanks for having me on, Bernadette. So now, as I mentioned earlier, we've recently gone live with our market outlook. And today we'd like to share our fixed income calls for 2024 with you. And I'm delighted to welcome Dario Messi to the show to do just that. Good morning, Dario. Good morning, Bernadette. So Dario, in your outlook for 2024, you say that fixed income has got more value again, and you argue that it's time to harvest yields now rather than hunting them. What exactly do you mean by this? 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, basically, we just live in a in a totally different world compared to just a few years ago. Um, when rates were at zero, investors had to look into the very risky segments to get any yield, kind of a hunt for yield. Um, and this changed now decisively. Uh, look at the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield, for example. We were at uh, below 1% at the beginning of the pandemic, went to 5% at some point last year, and it's still now at an elevated level of around 4%. So in other words, even without taking any kind of excessive credit risk exposure, investors can harvest a decent income in bond markets now. All right. So how should investors do that then? Well, I think there, there is definitely the case to lock in continuous and predictable income with good quality debt. So um, even some more boring issuers uh, there. Uh, we have monetary policy tightening uh, in developed markets that has likely peaked. So the disinflation process is advancing. And this year we also see rate cuts by major central banks. So the tide is, is definitely turning. And it's therefore time to lock in those higher yields, securing a decent income, and most importantly for 2024, it's to actively focus on maturity management. And um, by this, I mean, there is not just the duration risk, so when yields go up, but also the reinvestment uh, risk. And this becomes even more imminent now as we approach the first cuts by the central banks. So, so the best approach is uh, to select bonds with different maturities, but also to select bonds with some longer maturities so that you can benefit from these higher yields over a longer time uh, horizon. All right. So if investors are looking to get extra yields, I guess you'd still advise staying away from high yield bonds. But what about emerging markets? We like some of those, don't we? Yes, uh, we still do, exactly. And for some of the risk budgets in fixed income portfolios, we think it also makes sense to have some emerging markets corporate exposure um, we have uh, some developments that turn to the better in Latin America and uh, even in, in the higher rated uh, space of Asia. It seems that the, the ongoing China weakness we just heard before from Jan is uh, digested. Well, I guess I need to ask now, with inflation expected to slow down further in 2024 and uh, central banks therefore expected to start cutting rates, is this window of opportunity to lock in these attractive yields closing anytime soon? Well, we don't expect uh, yields to fall back uh, to financial repression territory we saw in 2020 uh, in just the short term. So in other words, the window is probably not closing uh, tomorrow. But still, as you know, financial markets, they can uh, move quite fast. And, and as such, we would also um, already add some exposure now, including uh, longer duration bonds, if not done already, and also setbacks, spikes in yields can help uh, there for adding some exposure. We see already at the beginning of this year that uh, there will be episodes when yields push higher again. And uh, yeah, as we know, it's rarely a, a straight line. And this will, can really be used to add some uh, fixed income exposure again. Well, that's great. Thanks for clarifying our fixed income calls and for being on the call today as usual, Dario. Thank you for having me, Bernadette. And now moving on from bonds to equities, the 2023 Q4 earnings season has begun. The focus so far has been mainly on financials. And Mathieu Rachete is here to update us on what's happened so far. Good morning, Mathieu. Good morning, Bernadette. Thanks for having me. So the Q4 earnings season in the US has officially kicked off. We've had some large US banks reporting results. What are the key takeaways so far? Yes, that's right. So we have some of the larger US banks that reported results already. So we can start to draw some first conclusions here. 
Generally speaking, the results have been quite mixed. Some reported better numbers, um, or the disappoint on the earnings side. So it's not as a clear-cut picture as it has been um, during the last quarters. If you look at the single bigger items here on the net interest income side, most banks were slightly better or at least met expectations, although growth were moderated from the high levels. But this was partly offset by softer non-interest revenues, in particular for fixed income trading. On the loan loss side, um, we have seen um, charge-offs, which uh, ticked up further, particularly for card loans and the guidance is for further normalization to pre-COVID levels. Then um, finally, if you look on the capital side, it was about in line with expectations and also helped by declining unrealized um, bond losses there. So overall, um, both the bulls and bears can find some evidence uh, for their case in the quarterly results. So a bit of a mixed bag so far. Um, what about the outlook then for US banks? So here it's where it gets uh, quite interesting. Um, we just discussed that the Q4 results have been mixed and varied a lot from one bank to the other. When it comes to the outlook, um, which is the most important part you know, for the market, most of the bank CEOs are in agreement that the US economy remains resilient, that the US um, consumer remains uh, quite on a strong footing, which means that also loan losses should remain in check. Um, on net interest income, most um, expect growth to continue um, to slow down from the high levels. So a you know continuation of, of this um, slowdown trend. And this is especially the case for the large US banks, um, which um, expect some further erosion um, of net interest um, margins. While if you look at the regional banks, um, they, they could actually benefit from a relief in funding costs later this year. In addition to that, um, also unrealized bond investment losses are on the decline and therefore should support book value growth for the banks going forwards. So in a nutshell here, while Q4 results have been mixed, the guidance has been uh, quite constructive. Okay, so um, you are our head of equity strategy. So while I have you on the call, could you tell me what your view on the banking sector is overall, please, Mathieu? Sure. So overall, we are neutral on the sector. We think there are better opportunities um, elsewhere, such as in IT, communications, but also healthcare. But within the banking sector, we continue to favor European over US banks, um, given the more attractive valuations um, they offer, but also the higher returns for shareholders in the form of dividends and also buybacks. So, so this so-called shareholder cash return is expected to reach around 8% for European banks this year. So 8% of the market cap of European banks. If you look at the US banks, um, the shareholder cash returns are expected to be lower this year due to the adoption of the Basel III endgame. So here we have a clear preference for European over US banks um, at this stage. All right. Thank you very much uh, for the update and your outlook there, Mathieu. And I'll look forward to having you back next week to keep us updated with what's happening in the earnings season. Sure. Thanks a lot. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. I'd like to thank my guests for contributing and you for listening. Don't forget to join us again tomorrow when Helen Freer will be back, hosting more of our experts to guide you through what's moving markets. Good luck today and goodbye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. 
They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.